Okay, this is going to be a seminar given in, uh, in this, uh, the, for, on the 12 steps and in the spirit of AA. Okay, uh, the traditions and the concepts. What I'm going to present today is my experience, my strength, and my hope out of what I've learned over the years in AA, uh, my study of the big book, uh, and how the founders did it in the beginning. What, what they did was uh, they had beginners meetings or uh, workshops in order to have the beginner understand what the program is even before they started going to meetings. Okay. Uh, one of the things that I've learned over the years is that I need to put aside what I think I know about AA. Okay. Uh, a lot of times when we read the book, we reflect back on what it was like at the time I first read it. And I don't go beyond that. Okay. I just relive my first experience with the program. What I'm going to say is what is called the set-aside prayer. And the set-aside prayer uh, is, is somewhat self-explanatory, but hopefully what it will do is have you start experiencing the big book with your knowledge up until today to have a new experience with the work that we're going to go through. Okay, we're going to go through uh, the first 43 pages of the big book today, and that's where our first step resides. Okay, and uh, here it is. Dear God, please set aside everything we think we know about ourselves, the big book, alcoholism, the steps, and in spiritual terms, especially you, God. Father, we ask that we may have a truly open mind so that we might have a new experience with these things. Please help us see the truth. Amen. When I first came around program, I, I, I've been off the uh, drink for about a week, week and a half, and I was at a point of learning, complete desolation. I was hurting. I was willing to go to any lengths that morning. Uh, I made a, a phone call, and as I've learned over the years, I have always gotten what I needed in the program. I have never not gotten what I needed when I honestly asked for it. And what I got was a guy named Stevie McPee. Uh, he was a counselor over at the EAP Center that I, uh, for the job that I had at the time. And what he did was somewhat unique to my experience up until that time. Uh, I told him I needed help. I basically gave him an outline of it, and he started talking my kind of language, you know. Uh, I questioned, uh, what about my anonymity, even though I didn't think alcohol was the problem. Uh, and he told me to screw my anonymity if I wanted help to come over, okay? And that's the kind of drinker I was, a belly-up-to-the-bar drinker. <clears throat> and what Stevie did when I went over there was not tell me I was a drunk, was not tell me that... Uh, I needed to do things. What he did was share his strength, experience, and hope. What I came to find out that Stevie's strength, experience, and hope lied in the strength was his program, and today the strength is my program. The experience was with the steps, not with all the things I did. Okay, and my hope lied in my trust with my God. And that I hope to get across today. If there's anybody here, by the way, that's not in AA, okay, our book talks about it. Uh, and besides, we are sure that our way of living has its advantages for all. In the, in the original manuscript of the big book, the 12th step stated, 
We try to carry this message to others, especially alcoholics. So it doesn't limit us to carrying the message. And what message is that but one of spiritual awakening, changing of mind, body, and soul, the changing of my thoughts, the way I used to be, to the way I am today, and the way I hope to be tomorrow. Okay, and that's what the program, uh, uh, in a nutshell, uh, to me is. They, they say early AAs had a higher success rate. Uh, that might be somewhat true, okay, at least as far as what's in the big book it says. Okay, but I hear it a lot of meetings that they blame other places, people, things, such as uh, centers that send people here. I found one thing to be very true in my program, okay, they have to balance those steps over there with the traditions. And so it ain't nobody else's fault that refers people here. I don't have any opinion on that. My big book tells me that I have a solution to all problems. And if I work that, that ceases to become a problem. Okay? So the moment I point a finger at somebody else, I ain't working my program. Sometimes some things that I say at meetings and what I share, because I've done uh, a couple of these before in a little different formats, is that you're going to hear a couple of things different. Not really new, but different. Okay? My name is Chris Dowdell, and I'm a recovered alcoholic. Uh, and we might as well start there. Recovered. People recoil at that word. Okay? And, and I understand why, because you want to be vigilant. But Vigilant tells me that I still have some fear in me, and my program removes the fear. Okay? I'm recovered from a hopeless state of mind. I don't have fear today, not if I rest my uh, self in the hands of my God. Okay? Uh, I listen at meetings today, and I was at one not too long ago, that I listen with the ears of a newcomer most of the time. Uh, because I come to meetings not to get sober, I am sober. I come to the meetings uh, to find a newcomer to work with. And I'm sitting there, and I heard, don't worry about nothing, just slide in here and just don't drink. You need to easy does it while a miracle takes place, and that happens in about three months. If you're a meeting maker. We don't know how it happens, it just works fine, just wait for the miracle. Now that's I, I, I understand that that is all very nice, and it has a degree of truth, okay? But that isn't our program. The slogans are like banisters, okay? And especially with the first step, for me to fully take that first step, I need those banisters to help me up that step, okay? In early AA, my third step was effort. Just screw it. Couldn't deal with nothing. All as I knew is I needed to go to meetings. That was my third step. I understand the third step a little bit deeper today, but yet that's what was my third step. So Stevie McFlynn gave me my first three steps on that first day. Okay? I found out that day, although I didn't understand it, that my first step was an inventory step. I had to look at myself honestly and openly. I had to turn around and take inventory on who I was. Because, see, I'd admit almost anything to you except that I was an alcoholic because implicit in me saying that I was an alcoholic, I would have to do something about it. 
I wanted to be like a normal person. And we'll go start going over that in the, uh, the early part. But my normal person was a, a person who could drink 24 hours a day and not suffer. That's not a normal person, but I thought so at that time. That's what I wanted to do. Normal people don't drink 24 hours a day, much less not have any difficulty. Okay? Some of the things we hear around stick to the first step. That's not been my experience. Uh, you got a handout, and it's on the first page of the handout. Easy does it. It's the first drink that gets you drunk. That hasn't been my experience either. It's not the first drink that gets me drunk. It's the first lie I tell myself that I can do away with something and not follow through with something that I damn well know that I need to follow through with. Don't drink and go to meetings. You hear that? Every, the first thing you tell a newcomer, or the first thing I used to tell a newcomer, don't drink and go to meetings. Well, I'm telling him something he can't do. I was never able not to drink. I thought I could. That's what kept me out there for a while, but I could not not drink. It's impossible for me, the alcoholic, if I'm an alcoholic, and we'll get into that in the book, take a step a month or a step a year. When's the last time you bellied up to a bar and said, Bart, keep, give me three fingers, and then walk out the door saying, I'll be back tomorrow? <laughs> not me. Not me. I choose not to drink. We're going to go over that one uh, in, in the big book because it says I've lost the power to choose. So if I'm sitting in an AA meeting saying I choose not to drink, when did I get that choice back? I don't. Never had the choice and I don't have one now, but you hear it. Okay? Call me if you like. feel like a drink. Who am I going to call? My sponsor? I feel like a drink. I better get down on my knees because only a power greater than myself can help me get sober, not my sponsor. My sponsor can lead me into turning around and looking to God for the answer. My sponsor isn't the answer. I sponsor a lot of people. But I ain't the answer to them. Their answer comes from within. And we'll learn that in the uh, second step. Just find out why you drink. Okay. You give me an excuse, I'll drink. Why I drink is that I'm an alcoholic and I can't do anything different. I need to be vigilant. I touched on that a little while ago. Vigilant tells me I need to be fearful. If I live the promises, I'm, uh, my, my fears are gone. Talk about your problems. We hear that uh, in uh, the rooms a lot. Talk about your problems. Stick to your problems with alcohol. If I'm a recovered alcoholic, I don't have a problem with alcohol. Now teach me how to live. And I learn to live through practicing the principles. And I'm going to use principles and steps. They're interchangeable today. Okay? Because Bill just didn't like saying the same thing twice. So instead of saying steps uh, twice in this 12-step, they're principles. But you heard early AAs talk about, I live by the principles. They live by the steps. Traits you know, of sobriety. Direct contradiction to what's in the big book. I pray how I can be of service to others. I don't pray for sobriety. God's given it to me. If I'm praying for sobriety after a year or two, I'm in trouble. That's me. Again, it's my opinion that you're going to hear up here. But it's my opinion of doing the work over and over again. Okay? I try not to rest on my laurels. Okay? So the slogans help. But as uh, we learn in the big book, it doesn't have any depth and weight. Okay? Silkworth tells us that we're sick of body and mind. So we do have to get sober first. Okay? And sober is 
uh, I, I, I misspoke here again. Sober to me is not abstinence. When I first came around the program, I looked up sober and it says, sound and sane thinking has nothing to do with abstinence of body. Okay? That's who I hope to become and live today, being sound and sane thinking, not just mere dry. <coughs> I don't want it on my tombstone anyway, at least he didn't drink. Okay? Groups are important. Uh, in the big book on page 159, one night a week for a meeting to be attended by anyone or everyone interested in the spiritual way of life. Now why would they put that in if they didn't mean it? That's what our meetings and our groups are for, to find the spiritual way of life. In the big book it tells us that the story is in the back of how they found their God. Not how they found a new job. Okay. And if I sound a little snide and cynical, you'll have to excuse that I'm a Brooklyn boy and I say it like I at least think it. You know, I know you didn't get that given my lack of accent, but okay. Our big book is a, a written history, uh, and or if you want the lead, okay, it's a twelve-step in print. They set out precisely how they recovered. So when you see the we up there, it doesn't mean a collective we in here. It means they're talking to me, the alcoholic, because the original big book was meant to spread the word that they couldn't do it themselves. So it's a 12-step in print. Our big book is really three big books. Okay, number one, it's my study guide. Every time I crack that sucker open, I want to learn something new. They don't rewrite it. I've changed since the last time I read it. Okay. Second thing is it's a 12-step a, a in print. All right. The 12-step in print is meant that if I pick up this big book or if they sent it to me in the early days, I was expected to have all I needed to get sober. And the third thing is, is if I read it and with the eye of a sponsor wanting to sponsor, it's a 12-step sponsorship pamphlet, okay? It'll tell me how to sponsor. As we go through the work today, what we're going to see is that the redundancy of how they thought me, the dumb alcoholic, needed to get repetition, okay? And that's what it is. They're going to give a problem and right after that, a solution. They're going to tell it over and over again to slam home a few pertinent ideas. And that's how I work with the newcomer. Okay? I just don't tell them, don't drink and go to meetings and everything will be all right. You know, I have to give them something more because remember, they're in here hopeless. And they're going to uh, cover how to do it. Okay? Just a quick little history. Um, on, on page one of your handouts, you'll see the uh, Oxford principles. They were the four absolutes. Absolute honesty, unselfishness, love, and purity. They also had what's called the standards, and which was the opposite of that, what we try to do away with, and that's dishonesty, resentment, selfishness, and fear. Notice if you hear those, you'll hear the steps in there. Okay, and that was the genesis of the steps. Step one is our foundation. 
Step two is the cornerstone, and step three is the keystone of the arch that we're going to go through uh, to freedom. Um, the book is divided into 12 parts. Just a quick overview of the book. The forward describes the intent of the big book. The doctor's opinion validates the medical aspects that will be described in there. Bill's story is for identification. One of the biggest things that I heard in my first meeting is identify, don't compare, because that's what I went uh, all my life as I was comparing myself with others. I wasn't identifying, therefore I could keep myself separate, and I didn't have to do what you had to do. Uh, there is a solution to page 23 in there that describes the physical aspects of our first step. Page 23 to 43, the mental obsession. So our first step is twofold, physical and mental. Chapter 4 uh, is for step 2 entirely, to find your God. Chapter 5 is steps 3 and 4. Uh, page 58 to 63 is uh, page uh, step number 3. 63 to 71 is... Step 4. Chapter 6 is steps 5 through 11. Steps uh, from page 104 to one, uh, 164 are the insights and experiences of the writers. They are not our program. Woo. You always hear our program is the 164. Okay. But 104 to 164 is the experience. Valid experiences but not our program. Our program ends uh, after Chapter 7 on page 103. Uh, Dr. Bob's Nightmare, another one to uh, identify. And if anybody don't think that you can go through the steps very quickly, you take a look at Dr. Bob's story, okay? This, uh, this workshop series is intended for anybody that wants to work the steps to be in 10, 11, and 12 uh, after their fourth session. So that's about eight hours, okay? Dr. Bob was hung over and he was doing nine steps, okay? So, uh, expedience and speed breaks the denial down. Procrastination builds the denial, okay? And the stories and the appendices are uh, about how they found their God, okay? And step one is insufficient to stay well, stay healed, stay recovered, okay? It's only when you use a three-legged stool of step one, two, and three that you finally are free to start working the program. You hear a lot, just stick with step one. Okay, we'll see in uh, Bill's story that he conceded to his innermost self at times and knew alcohol was his master and he didn't get well. He drank again. So if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me that I have to do the other steps and I can't stick uh, to just step one. So when I hear uh, just stick with step one, being told my hair gets up, I, 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 I get frustrated because that hasn't been my experience. Like I said, I walked into my first AA meeting with the first three steps under my belt. I had conceded to myself. I knew I was an alcoholic, and out of my desperation, I knew a God would take care of my alcohol problems. Okay, I've got to be specific at that because I still was running my own show on a lot of other levels. Okay. But as far as the alcohol was concerned, 
Okay, and I knew if I turned everything over to that God concerning my emotional state and whatnot that I wouldn't get irritable, restless, and discontent, although that wasn't in my vernacular at the time, being irritable, restless, and discontent. It was something else, but I won't repeat it here. Okay, the original steps derived from the absolutes, okay, as, uh, as Bill turned around and looked at them and as how they uh, came about. And uh, it was Ebby that gave them to him. Uh, it was Dr. Bob that brought in the spiritual aspect. Okay. Uh, Bill originally wrote the step, first step was admit hopelessness. It morphed into complete deflation. Second step was to get honest with self. It morphed into dependence and guidance from a higher power. His third step was get honest with another. And that became moral inventory. Made amends. And that became number four, confession. Help others without demand became restitution. And pray to God as you understand him. Continue work with others, alcoholics. Okay, so Bill wrote... His original ones was admit hopelessness, get honest with self, get honest with another, made amends, help others without demand, pray to God as you understand him. Our original uh, six steps, as they were finally written, were complete deflation, dependence and guidance from a higher power, moral inventory, confession, restitution, continued work with other alcoholics. Okay? And that became our 12 steps uh, sometime before they wrote the big book. Um, one of the things I need to stress is that morning that I uh, surrendered, I have no doubt that I had complete and total honesty to do anything and everything to stop drinking, to get well. Now that total honesty that morning sort of got hedged a couple of times over the years. Okay? But every time I've hedged it, I get irritable, restless, and discontent, and, I'm on, and I know intuitively I'm on my way back to a drink, and I have to bring back that honesty. That's what's in the big book. That's not what's in our preamble. Okay? So, for me, a word to the wise is complete honesty. That's what our founders did. Okay? I found that how is truly the key. Honesty, openness, and willingness. My program, the way I work it, the way I see the founders worked it, is nothing but three things. Inventory, solution, and action. Very simple. My first step is my inventory step. I take my own inventory for the first time. I look at me as an unvarnished drunk an alcoholic, implicit in the hopelessness of my disease, because I do have a disease, okay? If I'm hopeless, I need a solution. So every inventory that I take, implicit if I take an honest inventory, there's a solution that pops out. And the solution for me was my second step, that God could and would if he was sought. Number three is the action that I need to take 
to turn that will and life over or my thinking and my actions over. Okay? So it's inventory, solution, action. Very simple. People complain that, oh my goodness, watch out for that fourth step. Well, you've already taken the, probably the biggest inventory of your life by owning that you were drunk. Okay? The rest is all downhill. Four and five is nothing but inventory taken and bouncing it off with another person. Six and seven is the solution and the action that I take externally to start straightening out my life and making amends is my action. So it's again, inventory taking, solution and action. And then uh, step 10, 11 and 12 is inventory taken. Solution is my God and my 11th step. And the action that I take by carrying the message, having had a spiritual awakening, because every time I see something new about myself and I transcend who I am, I have another awakening. And I carry this message, the action. Very simple. People, drunks, we make things too complicated. That's our program. It's nice and simple. Okay, we take up, uh, in the evening we take our meditation, it's inventory, seeing where I was wrong, and implement corrective measures. In the morning I take my inventory, I know who I am, allow myself to be different, and I go out and perform the action. Very simple, okay? Our program is not, and it's not hard, it's the easiest thing I do. I take back my will, I'm in trouble. Okay? And I think they're easy. And I also have fun. Up here, you're gonna, uh, you heard me say it's my program. Okay? And there's, there's a reason that I say it's my program. And I hope people own their program. You see, when they said we up there, I wasn't a part of that we until I did it the way they did it. But I can only do it from the where I'm standing. I can't do it from where you're sitting. I can only do my program from where I'm standing. So that's unique to me. And if I bring honesty, open, and willingness into my program, I become part of that we, and not before. It's nice to have fellowship, but fellowship has never gotten me sober. Okay. But my program has gotten me sober. I think I'm sober. Um, we're going to go to the book now. Uh, the big book. But before we go to the big book, one of the... In a vision for you, it says more will be revealed. And one of the uh, things that I got when I was first sober, uh, like I said, uh, you always get what you need. And I questioned the ninth step at my first meeting. You see, I'm a real drunk. I'm going to look at the directions and try to see the loopholes so I can get around it. And I couldn't get around that ninth step no matter how I tried to do it in my head at that time. As, or, and I admit I was still detoxing. I, I know I was off the source about a week and a half, but I was still detoxing. Stevie had asked me to go to, into a detox, and I said, nah, I don't need it. This is how I normally am. You know? I didn't see anything wrong with it. You know, that's... That's what you do. You drink, you suffer, and then you drink again. That, that's what my life was. Uh, so already my disease, even though I had taken the first step, was trying to hedge with the, the, the steps. And I asked this guy, Jimmy Mick, 
about the ninth step and this and that. And he says, hey, listen. And he, he walked me through the first three. Uh, you know, you surrender, you believe that we can help you, uh, and you're in the right place. Just keep coming and, uh, and you'll be all right. You just don't start your thinking with that kind of garbage. And another person that talked my language. Well, Stevie, and I, the reason I asked him is he looked like a Bowery bum. <laughs> and I figured he'd give me the answer I was waiting for, but he didn't. He turned out to be a, an alcoholism counselor over in South Beach uh, Psychiatric Center. So, you know, you get what you need. But he turned around and bought a book for me. Uh, and it was uh, Stools and Bottles, and he also gave me the 24-hour uh, book. And from there, I, I picked up my own copy of the Little Red Book. Uh, now, if you don't know about it, the Little Red Book, uh, in the 40s, was written as a pam in its pamphlet form uh, as suggested interpretation of the 12 steps. Okay, it was a pamphlet in 44. In 57, it was picked up uh, and printed by Hazelden, and you still can get it uh, on the last page of the handouts is uh, 800 number for Hazelden. Uh, and, uh, and it's gone through a couple of changes, but basically it's been uh, relatively the same. I'm going to just read you. People say easy does it, okay? See, me, the drunk, you tell me the easy does it. I don't have to do diddly, okay? And that's me, all right? Or I can do it tomorrow, the next day, and whenever. Uh, and the interpretation of the 12 steps, along with the big book, and my not procrastinating, even though I procrastinate, okay? And I know that sounds odd, but you'll understand it. I, I can't sit on my laurels. I, I can't stay sober with what I heard yesterday. I have to do my meditation to find out what I need to do today. And uh, one of the other books I read uh, were the Golden Books by Father Ralph Bow, under Father John Doe, but Father Ralph Bow. And on procrastination, he starts off uh, the, uh, the Golden Book uh, with a, uh, uh, a little poem uh, that uh, states, On the sands of time there sits the bleached bones of those who upon the moment of victory sat down and waited and waited, died. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that's me the drunk if I don't do what I need to do. So they took their program serious. There was no easy does it. You know, if I want to rip somebody's lungs out, they'll tell me easy does it. Okay? <laughs> but not when it comes to programs. Okay, so just to give you a little... Uh, insight in how serious the uh, founders were and the early AAs were about their program. Um, it, the, the message is, is to help members quickly work out an acceptable 24-hour schedule of AA living. So it doesn't mean just plugging into a meeting and then going about doing whatever it is that you do without taking that with you. We have found peace of mind and contented sobriety in a planned way of spiritual life set forth by the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Failure to realize the extent to which we are physically and mentally ill through ignorance dwarfs parts of our program to suit our own distorted viewpoint. So they knew themselves and they knew they had to go beyond where they are. The barriers to success are ignorance, of our illness, reservations, indifference, dishonesty, and brain damage. They didn't bar anything else. And it's a design for living. Stringent self-honesty is an absolute requirement. 
An urgent desire to get well and belief in a power greater than ourselves are also essential to success. Spiritual concepts must be embraced. We must believe in a higher power to interpret it in accordance with our own understanding. Okay, so there's the caveat. You got a God, you're good. Okay, and we have recovered. But plain sobriety is enough, not enough. Acquire honesty, humility, and appreciation, and kill self-centeredness to keep sober. The book has all our answers, and by using the uh, the big book, we'll get uh, sober. Uh, we need strict adherence. We demand perfection. We merely strive towards perfecting ourselves in a way of life that is necessary to bring contented sobriety, health, and sane behavior. The vital, which means necessary facts, is humility, honesty, faith, courage, and appreciation of service. Service. And one last thing uh, from there. Experience has proven, and I'll just go the, the words, the highlighted words, uh, recovery from alcoholism is contingent, and that means necessary. Sincere desire from our innermost hearts that we are powerless. We know it's fatal and incurable, bind, uh, body, mind, and spirit. We consider ourselves treating ourselves and as patients. Alcohol is a poison to us. We need to learn and practice the 12 steps. We know we can never drink. Okay, and that's another thing. You hear uh, people say, oh, just stay, stay sober for today. Well, in our 12 steps, we'll learn. We ask the people to turn around and say, hey, if he's serious, ask him if he wants to quit forever. Okay. There's no illusion. What am, I, what am I sitting here for in an AA room to not, you know, that's both to me. Okay, that's the little red book. So they were serious back then. If we open up our big book, uh, mine is a little different. Uh, I have, uh, by the way, what I have here is uh, a study edition. It's put out by Anonymous Press. Uh, as you can see, it's got uh, writing on one side, that's the black stuff we're supposed to read, and uh, blanks on the right-hand page. And as you can see, uh, I, I've not only written, but I highlight and I whatnot. Uh, and uh, I find this useful because my, my sponsor, I've had my sponsor until he passed away last year since I came in program. <coughs> Excuse me. I miss him. Uh, he never told me what to do. But he did show me. And he showed me what's in the book. And I learned to go get this because Walter had so much writing in his book that I couldn't even read it. He could read it. He knew what was in there, but I couldn't. And I knew I needed a little bit more space, so that's why I got this. The forward, if you pick up your forwards, I'm not sure what, uh, they're the uh, Roman numerals. Uh, and I only have a first edition here, so uh, that basically we'll just go over that. Uh, and hopefully what, what you'll do is highlight as I go through it, because this is how I take somebody through the steps. I take them from the forward, uh, 
right on to page 103 in about four or five sessions. And that's how I take somebody through the steps. We highlight, make notes, comments, and whatnot, and then you really expect it to read it between now and next week. Okay? The, the highlighting and the, uh, whatnot. When I, when I work with somebody, I'll go over it with them. They'll highlight, see it in their book, and then they'll reread, given hopefully a new experience. Okay? And uh, the forward is the intent. Uh, it's a sponsorship guarantee and a promise, right? Uh, from the get-go, the first paragraph. We, who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. There is no pretense. That's what it is. That's the beginning. Okay? They do say uh, later on in that paragraph, it has advantages for all. And I know that uh, there have been people in my life, uh, and I meet them on a daily basis today, that work the principles without knowing they work the principles because they found their God through another thing. Me, the alcoholic, I had to find my God through AA. Okay? All right. Down at the bottom. We are not an organization in the conventional sense of the word. There are no fees or dues whatsoever. The only requirement, and here's the first time you'll uh, see a requirement, okay? The requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking, and we are not allied with any particular faith, uh, sect, or denomination. We do not oppose anyone. We simply wish to be helpful to those that are afflicted. If, if uh, you have a second edition or a third edition, in your second edition forward, I think it's on page XV11, okay, I don't know what paragraph it is because I don't have it, is intensive work with another alcoholic was vital to permanent recovery. And I've seen that time and time again, people saying that, oh, I can't work with anybody, I'm not good enough. Well, if you got one day more than the person walking through the day, you're good enough to help that person. That's my opinion. Okay? And the sole purpose of an AA group, by the way, was freedom from alcohol, the practice and teaching of this 12 steps, and that's out of Bill's, uh, that's Bill's words, the practice, teaching, and living of the 12 steps. Which brings us to the, uh, let's see, the doctor's opinion. You got the doctor's opinion? Oh, what I do when I read it is, what's the book telling me today to do? That's, uh, uh, that's important. So when you go over the book, you're going to see it a little bit differently with these things highlighted or underlined. They talk about, they open up the, the doctor's opinion. Uh, they're going to tell us about the plan of recovery described in this book. This is where they... Uh, they begin. A plan of recovery described in the book. And the doctor talks about the physical. One of the things that we have to realize, and that's, uh, uh, your page is probably XXVI, the doctor's opinion. Third edition is XX3III. 3 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a song. Yeah. Well, right after... Right after the letter, to whom it may concern, and very truly yours, William D. Silkworth, in that paragraph there, uh, I'll get better when it comes into the real uh, uh, numbers, by the way. Uh, it, midway down, 
This is uh, our first step as the doctors prescribed it. The body of the alcoholic is quite as abnormal as his mind. Okay? And in the second uh, uh, paragraph there, he talks about we have an allergy to alcohol. Now, what's an allergy but an abnormal reaction? I do not act normally when I pick up a drink. Okay, and this is the whole first part of this first step is going to be basically on the physical aspect. When I pick up a drink, I crave another. Okay? I don't get woozy and say, oh my goodness, I feel it. Let's stop. Okay? And that's what craving means. And that's what allergy means uh, by having an abnormal reaction. Okay? Now, down on the bottom of that page, Flag to me is we work our solution on the spiritual as well as the altruistic plane. Now, what's the altruistic plane is without thought of self. Okay, that's how we work our program, or that's how I work my program, without the thought of self. Because if my, uh, if my first step is I'm totally consumed with self, to work without... Uh, uh, to work without the thought of self is the opposite of that. Nice and simple, isn't it? Um, on page XXVII, as it talks about, uh, it's about the third paragraph down, it, it's the new writing that he, uh, the new letter. He, he talks about the ideas which he put into practical application at once. Okay? Which again, flags us not to take our time. We need to immediately start practicing what is being given to us. If we ask for help, we start practicing it. Okay. It's like me going to a mechanic and saying, and the mechanic saying, well, you need an oil changer, you're going to blow up. Oh, yeah, okay, fine. Easy does it. I'll, I'll, I'll get my oil changed tomorrow. You know? and, and, and the what to do is in the last... Uh, paragraph. The unselfishness of these men, as we have now come to know them, the entire absence of profit motive, and their community spirit is indeed aspiring to one who is long labored and weary in the alcoholic field. They believe in themselves still more in the God power or in the power which pulls chronic alcoholics back from the gate of death and the other requirements, and they ought to be freed from alcohol. I've heard some eloquent speeches, by the way, of people out on runs, how to stay sober. They just were drunk when they were giving those soliloquies. So we need hospitalization. On uh, XXV111, that's 18, uh, it starts off at the top of the page, we believe, and so suggested a few years ago. Are we up to there? Okay. An allergy that the phenomena of craving is limited to this class, and they're talking about real alcoholics, okay, and never occurs in the average temperate drinker. In other words, if I don't uh, experience craving except once out of maybe ten times, I'm still classified as a real alcoholic because the normal drinker never experiences that craving. They recoil from it, as a matter of fact, once they start getting too drunk. Or they'll get drunk once and then they'll never do it again. Maybe twice. And again, at the bottom of that page, he mentions altruism again, or altruistic uh, movement. Okay? Uh, 
And then right at the bottom, to them, their alcoholic life seems to be the only natural one. When we come in here, that, that is. We have practiced it so much. I have practiced my alcoholism so much that anything not inconsistent or inconsistent with that frame of thought, okay, is certainly not of my experience at that time, and it's normal. It's normal for me because they are, as it says, restless, irritable, and discontent unless they can experience the sense and ease of comfort which comes at once by taking a few drinks. And now there's the problem, okay? The problem is that I become restless, irritable, and discontent. But again, the big book will never give you a problem without a solution. And right at the end of the, uh, that paragraph, there's the solution. And the solution is, unless this person can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of his recovery. Okay? You have the problem set out, and you have the solution, an entire psychic change. The entire psychic change is in the top of page 30, uh, 29? 29, uh, Roman numeral 29. I was going to go 1XXX. There's a promise right after that. Easily able to control his desire for alcohol. Now, here's where we get promises that are going to be all throughout the big book. But right after that promise, there's a requirement, the only effort necessary being that required to follow a few simple rules. So the doctor calls them rules. The doctor's a doctor and uh, he's a scientist, and the scientists are hard. They're rules to him. A cook would call this a recipe. Okay, and if there's any bakers out there, you know when you don't do the whole recipe? You're going to have a flat cake. Midway down the page is a direction. More human power is needed to produce the essential psychic change. And he reminds us at the last paragraph on that page that willpower isn't enough. I do not hold that uh, it is entirely a problem of mental control. Now this goes back uh, to the 30s but yet it's applicable today as it was then. On the top of page 30, Roman numerals, XXX, they were drinking, and this is reinforcing powerlessness. That's our first step. They were drinking to overcome a craving beyond their mental control. So the doctor's given us highlights there. If we drop down to, that'd be about paragraph four, they, he describes the real alcoholic, and that's me. They are types entirely normal in every respect, except in the effect alcohol has upon them. They are often able, intelligent, well, I wouldn't go that far for me, uh, friendly people. I am friendly, though. All these and many others have one symptom in common. They cannot start drinking without developing the phenomena of craving. How many times did I sit uh, uh, on that bar stool looking at myself in the mirror and say, what the hell are you doing here? You've got things to do. That's why I had the phenomena craving once I picked up. But if I didn't pick up, then I could go in there and BS a couple of times and get the hell out of there. Sometimes. Because I did go in irritable, restless, and discontent. On uh, page, I guess it would be 31, right up at the top it says, what is the solution? And right uh, down in the middle of that, he accepted the plan outlined in his book, and he uh, that there was no hope. Again, powerlessness. God bless you. 
Uh, the promise, a long time has passed with no return to alcohol. Another promise. Again, we're going to see promises all throughout the book. There's a problem at the bottom, that page, and it is moral psychology. We doubted even that would have any effect. How many times people go through certain things, psychologists and whatnot, and don't get well? Because the solution is on the last page. He was sold on the ideas contained in this book. Okay, and here's the solution. Again, outline a problem, followed by a solution. Bill's story, page one. The, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll at least get the pages and the uh, paragraphs down, uh, okay? Um, Bill's story, one of the exercises I give the people I work with is that on the first eight pages, to identify with the emotions and feelings of hopelessness, the inability not to drink, or not not to drink. Somewhere in there it might be a double negative. I don't want to get a, uh, you to get away with uh, anything. But uh, and the last eight pages, there's 16 pages all in uh, Doctor uh, in uh, Bill's story, and the last pages are how and what he needed to do. So when you go through it, identify with the feelings and the emotions of what Bill was going through for identification on the uh, chronicity of the disease. And then the last eight pages, uh, 9 through 16, 8 through 16, on what he needed to do to get well. And we'll just touch on a, a, a few of them. Okay, on page 5, paragraph 4. I woke up. This had to be stopped. I, I saw I could not take so much as one drink. Okay? Now, there's the first step if I ever heard one. The trouble is, is Bill, our founder, drank after that. Okay? So what is it telling me today? And what it's telling me is that the first step is insufficient for sobriety. On page 6. He saw that he was powerless, and it came out in on uh, paragraph one, the remorse, horror, and hopelessness, okay, and a sense of impending calamity. Now, there's irritability, restless, and discontent. He drank for two more years after that awareness, too. And that's to, to, just to go show you how strong we really are. They say we're weak people. I'd like to see some of them turkeys go through half the stuff we go through. Okay? So it's not a matter of will or weakness. Okay? We are strong. People that would check themselves into the hospital feeling like we do, we go out again or uh, go, to, uh, go to work. Okay? So we're not weak people. On page 7, paragraph 2, he starts seeing again his powerlessness in that he was amazingly weakened when it came to combating liquor. And then in page 7, paragraph 3, he says to himself, this was the finish, the curtain, it seemed to me. Well, he was certainly probably at end-stage alcoholism, and he took another first step, but guess what? He drank. Page 8, paragraph 1, and this is uh, another first step. No words can tell of the loneliness and despair I found in that bitterness of morass of self-pity. Quicksand stretched around me in all directions. I had met my match. I had been overwhelmed. Alcohol was my master. Now, that's an admission of powerlessness right there. He still drank. But he does give a promise at the end of uh, uh, 
page 8, paragraph 2, right at the end. I was soon to be catapulted, he didn't know it at the time, into what I like to call the fourth dimension of existence. I was to know happiness, peace, and usefulness in a way of life that is incredible and more wonderful as time passes. Okay, there's the promise. And that's uh, uh, the uh, symptom of the solution that he was to finally uh, get when Ebby gave him the answer of uh, putting, uh, seeking his own power. Okay. On page 11, he doubted the existence of God, the power in God in human affairs was negligible. That's 11.2. Okay. On 11.3, he gives the solution that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. Okay, so there's the solution. Okay, problem solution. Another problem in uh, 11.4. There had been no more power in him than there was in me at the moment. None at all. So he's aware that he's powerless. And that's a problem. The solution is, he saw in Ebi, here was something at work in the human heart that had done the impossible. So there, there he's seeing the solution. Something in Ebi. He got hope. Okay, page 12, paragraph 3, right after he was told, why don't you choose your own concept of God? Here's a requirement and a foundation for the steps. It was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required of me to make my beginning. How many times do we hear, oh, I don't know my God, da 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 All it is is a mere beginning. Okay, it's going to tell you that it tells me that I'm on my journey at last. I saw that growth could start from that point upon a foundation of complete willingness I might build. And that's our first step. Our first step is the foundation of the program and everything we do after it. There's also requirements. Page 13, right after the promise at the bottom, I would enter upon a new relationship with my Creator. That's a promise. That I would have a the elements of a way of living which has answered all my problems not some, not a few not many, but all my problems and here's the requirement belief in the power of God plus enough willingness, honesty and humility to establish and it goes on to finish on top of page 14 to establish and maintain the new order of things were essential requirements essential can't ride a car without wheels. Wheels are essential. Motor needs to be running. So there's multiple requirements for a car to run and there's multiple requirements for me to work my program. And there's direction at the bottom of page 14. Another requirement. My friend had emphasized the absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles in all my affairs. Those are the steps. In all my affairs, particularly it was imperative to work with others and he had worked with me. Faith without works is dead. Now put a star right at the end there because this is relapse prevention. And it starts with for if an alcoholic. For if an alcoholic had failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life, it continues on top of page 15, spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. If he did not work, he would surely drink again. And then uh, on the bottom of page 15, there's the universal solution. It's, uh, at the, there is scarcely any form of trouble and misery 
which has not been overcome among us. That's at the bottom of page 15. And here's one of the few meeting references in the big book. Right after that, we meet frequently so that newcomers, not old-timers, newcomers may find the fellowship they seek. On page 16, right at the bottom, faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. Or we perish. Now that sounds ominous. But it's a promise. We feel we need look no further than utopia. We have it with us here and now. And we'll find that out in uh, step two when we look for our God inside. There is a solution. And now these are mainly the, uh, we're up to page uh, 17. There is a solution. Uh, and these are the physical aspects. Okay. But at the top of page 17, nearly all have recovered. They have solved their drink problem. If I put a bottle of booze right in front of me right now, that is not the problem. The problem lies in my mind, the desire to pick that up. So alcohol isn't the problem. In, cha uh, in Chapter 5, how it works, it's probably one of the few things I change. It is not alcohol that is the problem. It is the alcoholism in me that is the problem. Alcohol is ethanol. It's an inert substance until I put it in me. Okay, so alcohol is not the problem. It's my perception of the problem. Uh, the perception of who I am, what I do, and whatnot, but alcohol is not the problem. Okay. There is a problem, though, on, uh, outlined on 17.1, that uh, suffering brings us together. Okay? The suffering that we have. The solution is in 17.3. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have found a common solution. So we co suffer commonly, and we have found a common solution. That's what the cement that binds us together. On page 18... Here are the symptoms that engulfs the common symptoms. And these are naturally not all, okay? Remember, more will be revealed to us. We sit in meditation, we'll get more of these. It engulfs all who lives who touch the sufferers. It brings uh, misunderstanding, fierce resentment, financial insecurity, disgusted friends and employers, warped lives of blameless children, sad wives, and patients. Anyone can increase the list. Those are just some of the symptoms, okay? Remember, that's not the unmanageability, okay? How many times do we hear the unmanageability is that I was thrown over the hood of a police car and handcuffed? That is not the unmanageability, okay? That's a symptom of the unmanageability. The unmanageability is what got my thinking that got me there in the first place and, I, and the other thinking that says that, oh, it's just another day at the cop station. You know, that's the problem. The problem lies between my ears. The same way the, uh, my problem on the golf course is between my ears on my putting. Okay? Those are the symptoms. But there's a solution for those symptoms. But the, and that's in 18.4. But the ex-problem drinker who has found the solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours until such an understanding is reached. Little or nothing can be accomplished. I've, I've realized that only me can give me my first step through awareness. No one else. You can't beat me into it. You can't yell it at me. But if I reach that point where I honestly look at myself for the first time in my life, I will get well. And that's my first step. On page 19, another requirement. 19.1. We feel the elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. A much more important demonstration of our principles, 
which means our steps, lies before us in our respective homes, occupations and affairs, which means that I have to bring those principles of honesty, openness, evaluation, surrender, acceptance, humility, so on and so forth, into my everyday life, into my work and whatnot, and into my home life. I don't come to meetings and then go home, kick the dog and beat the wife. The requirement at the bottom to coincide with, please listen to this for your meeting and your home groups. Right at the very bottom. Most of us sense that real tolerance of other people's shortcomings and viewpoints and a respect for their opinions are attitudes which make us more useful to others. Our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend upon our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. On page 84, which we won't get to today, uh, the code of AA is love and tolerance. Here's another promise on page 20. Paragraph 1, we have recovered from a hopeless condition of mind and body. Now, if we think we are, have a hopeless condition, that's a problem. The question is, what do I have to do? The solution is on page 20, paragraph 2. The purpose of this book is to answer such questions specifically. Okay, it's going to tell us what to do. Reinforces our cravings. On page 21, paragraph 1 at the last sentence. He begins to lose all control of his liquor consumption once he starts to drink. That's a real alcoholic. That's the definition of a real alcoholic. Okay? And as we said earlier on, it doesn't mean every time necessarily. But if you wound up in places where you didn't want to because of alcohol, there was a craving involved in that. Okay? They reinforce it on page 22. Uh, second paragraph, one drink means another debacle. How many times do we go in and say, I'll just have one? And telling the wife the following morning, well, I just had a couple. Didn't work. And right at the bottom of 22, paragraph 4, we are equally positive that once he takes any alcohol, whatever, into his system, something happens, both in the body and mental sense. Okay, we're up to page 23. Now, here's where it centers on it being mental, okay? Up until this point, it mostly dealt with the physical, the doctor's opinion, uh, and up to page 23. On page 23, paragraph 1, Therefore, the main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind. 23, 2. He has no idea why he took that first drink. But as we saw, he is irritable, restless, and discontent. He has no choice. He will pick up being irritable, restless, discontent. Or some people blow their brains out. 23.3, these drinkers are abnormal. And abnormal is different. Okay? Doesn't mean faulty. Doesn't mean bad. We are different, or I am different, from the normal person with respect to alcohol. Okay, down at the bottom of page 23.4, he has lost, the last three sentences, control. Top of page 24, the most powerful desire to stop drinking is of no avail. 24, paragraph 1, he has lost the power of choice to drink in every area he has, not in every area, I mean, okay, because uh, some of us are still working, we choose to work, we choose to do this and that. 
but when it comes to alcohol, and then naturally the progression takes hold where uh, it, it seeps into every aspect of our lives. Our so-called willpower, anytime you see squiggly writing, by the way, flag it. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of suffering and humiliation. We are without defense against that first drink. Down at the bottom, lays out a problem in the last paragraph. He has probably placed himself beyond human aid. Page 25, guess what? Right after they send out a problem, here's the solution. Funny how they do that, and it's redundant, isn't it? They knew how to work with me, the thick-headed Mick from Brooklyn. There is a solution. A self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of our shortcomings, which the process requires. It's not suggested. I think I put a definition of suggested in one of the handouts. For a successful consummation, it also says that the problem has been solved when we approach and pick up this simple kit of spiritual tools. There's more promises down below. Uh, on page tw uh, 25, we still are paragraph 2. We've had deep and effective spiritual experiences, and that's an awakening of the soul underneath me coming to terms with who I am and getting comfortable with it. That's an awakening. It's a beautiful space to be in. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. God commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. They give us an absolute right after that that there is no middle-of-the-road solution. If we have passed into the region from which there is no return through human aid. Here's the, there's the problem again, and they're going to give us a solution. If we have passed into the region from which there is no return through human aid, there are but two alternatives. One is to go on doing what we've been doing, or the other, here's the uh, solution, to accept spiritual help. Page 26, paragraph 3, sets out that we are utterly hopeless or in this, uh, uh, this piece here was Roland Hazard, uh, who uh, would go to any length. He went to Switzerland to get well. You know, he went and visited Dr. Young. He saw that he was utterly hopeless. The solution is on page 27 right at the top. He remains willing to maintain certain simple attitudes. No biggie. He didn't have to go to Switzerland to find that out. Vital spiritual experiences. And when I come to an awakening, that's a spiritual experience. It doesn't have to be anymore. You know, you ever get a God shot? My goodness, things get a little bit brighter. That's a spiritual awakening. You don't have to be sitting in a lotus position to get kundalini and have all the chakras aligned. might help if you want to do that. A requirement uh, is in 27.4. Ideas, emotions, and attitude, which were once the guiding forces of these lives, have suddenly been cast to one side. So I need to cast to one side all my emotions, my thinking, my gu what guided me, and implement a completely new set of concepts and motives I start to live by. Those are the principles and the steps. At the bottom of page 27, his religious convictions were very good, but they did not necessarily spell the vital spiritual experience. 
A promise on page 28. Paragraph 2. A new life has been given us. Or, if you prefer, a design for re uh, living that really works. And it works, because you see, uh, see it in the rooms every day. There's a requirement, though, on page 28, paragraph 3, uh, right in the middle of the paragraph. We may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. That's how we form our relationship with our God. It's setting us up for the second step already. Notice what I said in the beginning. Inventory, you see, start seeing a solution and you take it. That's what our program is about. Page 29, uh, it's going to tell us that we have clear-cut directions on how we recovered. And that is uh, starting with uh, the rest of the steps uh, in Chapter 5. But the first three, we need to start developing. Uh, a, uh, an acceptance, powerless, surrender, God, and turning my will over. Okay? One of the most important things here, again, is page 29. The uh, stories in the back of the page are, uh, in the back of the book, are the way they establish their relationship with God. They're not drunkalogs. Okay? That's what the intent was. Okay. More about alcoholism, and uh, we're going to be wrapping it up shortly. Here is our step one, page 30. Admit we were real alcoholics, and we are bodily and mentally different when it comes to alcohol than the normal person. A requirement, okay, and anytime I finish step one with somebody, we come back to this page, and I ask them a couple of questions, and the question would be, are you willing to concede to your innermost self that we are alcoholics? That's page 30, paragraph 2. This is the first step in recovery. Okay, and in conceding, that means to admit the alcoholism in its entirety, not the fact that I have severe hangovers. That's a symptom. And by the way, when you start getting over the symptom of alcoholism and you are in withdrawal, you are recovering from alcohol. You haven't recovered. We have lost the ability, the next paragraph, oh, the delusion that we may sometime, the delusion that we are like other people or presently may be has to be smashed. We are different. Okay, we have lost the ability to control our drinking. We know that no real alcoholic ever recovers. On page 31 at the bottom, if you don't believe you're a real alcoholic, they suggest you go out and have a drink. Okay. No biggie. No biggie. Okay. If you really have difficulty in thinking you're uh, an alcoholic of our variety of the real kind, go out and have a drink. Okay. Page 33, halfway down, uh, paragraph 1, at the end of paragraph 1. If we are planning to stop drinking, here's the first step requirement. There must be no reservation or any lurking notion that someday we will be immune to alcohol. Page 34. Go ahead. 33, right at the end of paragraph 1. If we are planning to stop drinking. Got it? You're welcome. There's a couple of other questions on page 34. Paragraph 2. 
The question is how to stop altogether. We're assuming, of course, the reader desires to stop. Whether such a person can quit by a non-spiritual basis depends upon the uh, extent to which he has already lost the power of choice to drink or not. There was a tremendous urge to cease forever, yet you found it impossible. This is the baffling feature of alcoholism. This is the utter inability to leave it alone. So you ask the uh, newcomer, have you lost the ability to choose? And if he says no, refer back to going back out and having a drink. Page 35, top of the page. The mental state that precedes a relapse into drinking is, for obvious reasons, is the crux of the problem. And it's referenced again on other pages, 23, 24, and 37, that very thing. But the problem is in my mind. And the last lie that I tell myself is that I can handle it, it'll be all right, it'll be different this time, or I'll just have one. Those are the last, that's the end of a relapse and where the drunk begins. The relapse begins when I tell myself the first lie. Page 39, it was in Bill's story and it's repeated here at the, uh, in the middle of the paragraph 39.1, squiggly writing, absolutely unable to stop drinking on the basis of self-knowledge. This is the point which we wish to emphasize and re-emphasize. Quick story, I knew a gentleman parachuted into North Vietnam with a butterfly collection for Ho Chi Minh. Charlie H. And he used to bartend in the neighborhood. Strack guy, he used to be a colonel in the service. And strong-willed, very self-willed and self-knowledgeable. And a relapser came into his bar extolling the wonders of the AA program. Now Charlie didn't think, hey, this guy's drunk, what does he know? Charlie says, really, how does it work? And the drunk told him, you just don't pick up the first drink. That kept Charlie away from a drink for seven years until I picked Charlie up sitting on a milk crate with two bags of all of the possessions in his life. Didn't work. His self-knowledge and his self-will didn't work. That man I follow into combat without a hesitation didn't keep him sober or didn't get him sober but the program did so page 40 paragraph 2 the ideas about the subtle insanity which precedes the first drink is the crux of the problem on page 42 uh, page 40 paragraph 2 right in the middle uh, ideas about the subtle insanity which precedes the first drink and that's the subtle insanity the last lie you tell yourself before you pick it up is the crux of the problem and that's redundant from uh, what we uh, learned a little earlier. On page 42, right at the top, uh, I knew from the moment that I had an alcoholic mind, I saw that willpower, self-knowledge would not help in those strange mental blank spots. Mental. Mental blankouts while you didn't even drink. Uh, And then the solution is uh, first sentence in 42.2, the spiritual answer and program of action. Before we, uh, uh, page 42, paragraph 1, I ask my sponsees this question, these questions. Do you think yourself an alcoholic? And that's uh, uh, the 
third sentence in paragraph one. I thought myself an alcoholic, and if I was really licked this time. I asked them that. Do they think themselves as an alcoholic, and are you really licked this time? Because when they come in there, I ask them that. Are you finished yet? Some you know, I've gotten a little resistance on that last one, but hey, I don't want to work with you if you're not licked. And I ask them to concede to both propositions. Okay, and then I bring them down to 42.2 in the middle, and I tell them this is a requirement. If you, if you admit and concede to those both propositions, that you will have to throw out several lifelong conceptions out the window. But that'll, when you start doing that, you know you made up your mind. And when you do that, they give you right after that some promises that you will have. My alcoholic condition was relieved, that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. That's 42.3 right at the bottom. That I have been brought into a way of life infinitely more satisfying. That's 43, top of the page. Top of the page. And I hope more useful than the life I, be- I lived before. Those are the promises. There is one more little thing uh, at the 43.3. Sets out a problem and a solution again. The alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against that first drink. And there are exceptions. Okay, anomalies, I think they're called. I am not an anomaly. Neither he nor any other human being can provide such a defense. And here's the solution. His defense must come from a higher power. I just want to uh, read one direction from page 164, and we'll end it here. And in, uh, in a sense, it's the prescription that Dr. Bob gives trust God, clean health, and help others. But it's the last paragraph on page 164. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to Him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the happy road to destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you.